Um, and I recommend if you ever, if you ever get to Oxford, that's one of the buildings you should definitely see. It's one of the most beautiful buildings in Oxford. And if you want to see somebody really fascinating, come and see me. <laughs> People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast doesn't necessarily say exactly what it does on the tin, but I think you've got the vibe of it now. So if somebody is actually a trillionaire, you can't fathom it. Welcome to another episode of the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Who's sat opposite me? We're recording together again, aren't we, Stuart? Yeah, face to face in my lounge. I'm Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit. William, you started this. Who are you? I'm a photographer. I do a live show every week. I, I talk about this every single time. It must get a little bit monotonous me to saying this every single time. I'm just, uh, well, uh, my challenge actually right now, or my, my thinking right now is just to, we've got a few things to do with the podcast, um, but I really, seeing people that, that mean something to me. So let's not faff around. Let's get straight into the question. It's from Australia, William. Uh, North Aus- Northern Territory, uh, yeah. Rory and Darwin. Thanks, Rory. It's good to have you aboard again because this is, your umpteenth question that you've sent yep. to us. Um, I say umpteenth in the sense that you've, mm. you obviously have been engaging and mm. are with us for a time. We had no idea when we started this podcast we would constantly get listener questions for us to talk about. And from such different parts of the world as yeah. well. And that's how the di- direction. We, we're going to have more guests. Got four guests we're talking to for early 2022. And uh, But we've got so many questions. I think the... F- backbone of this podcast in for the foreseeable future is going to be listener questions yeah and we like yeah we do have guests lined mm. up don't we yeah um but they'll happen when they happen naturally yeah. so um, let's have a go at the question then william yeah the question is all based around by the looks of it um a thing called limitarianism That's uh, right, right yeah. in the middle there yeah. but rory's i mean there's a bit of feedback about the actual podcast here which yeah. we um appreciate thanks very much rory um and i think you kind of also have got where we are with the mm. podcast and what we, what our aims with this podcast are. So yep. Rory says here, I love you don't prepare too much for the questions you cover. It makes your exploration from the starting point the same as the listeners. I don't want you guys to be the go-to experts, more the go-to relatable explorers. Uh, Rory's question is then, Belgian philosopher Ingrid uh, Robbins, how would you pronounce that? Robbins, I'd say. Robbins, yeah coined the phrase limitarianism she argues there should be an upper limit to the amount of income and wealth a person can amass just as there's a line of poverty we recognize no one should fall below we should recognize both a poverty and riches line surplus money enables too much power to be exerted over others and over earth's resources we can just aim for continued growth but equally for more people to increase their well-being going forward and flourish. We can no longer um, afford the super rich. Uh, Super rich exist because others are poor. Growth has drawn people out of poverty, but unchecked can put people back into poverty. The super rich and rich are likely to be the last affected by climate breakdown if it comes. The poor are more likely to be affected more and suffer worse. Uh, please explore this in your usual unprepared style and speak your truths as you see them at this point. Thanks. <coughs> so off, off the bat, I, I, yeah, you, you understand exactly, Rory, what we're going mm. for here on the podcast. You know, this whole idea of um, the... Uh, let me just read that back again. Yeah, you, you know, exploring in our own prepared style and speaking our mm. truths as we see them. 
That's how we've always operated this podcast. I don't have much to say on this uh, because I think there's a couple of sentences that sum up my thoughts that you've put there, uh, Rory, that I couldn't put in any better way. Limitarianism, I've not heard of it. Uh, I have heard of the name Ingrid Robbins, the Belgian philosopher. Um, and I'm just going to summarize, read what uh, the paragraph or the section that, to me, is my thoughts. She argues we should... Be, uh, there should be an upper limit on the amount of income and wealth a person can amass. Just that there's a line of poverty we recognise no one can fall below. I, I think that they're very powerful, the people who, who have, have, have that volume of money, so it might be in a utopian ideal, but I think that's a, that is a great foundation for a society, that there is a window of existence and then everything beyond that is, is shared and supported. And that's my thought. I, I don't really have much. Well, I'd like to dip into sort of like exactly what is super rich and what is the perception of being somebody mm. being wealthy. You know, when you see the valuation of somebody, mm. Jeff Bezos, for example, or Richard Branson, Elon Musk, for example, they're great examples of people that are perceived, I think, mm. perceived, have perceived wealth. Yep. When you actually really dig into it, how much of that perceived wealth actually is real? I think what um, Ingrid talks about and what um, Roy from Darwin raises is um, a financial valuation. But, yeah, but how much of that valuation is real? Yeah, exactly, and it really exists. Yes, exactly. You know, but, you could say, I mean, there's, there's uh, the value of Tesla, for example, mm. is supposed to be almost the, the same as all the other American mm. car companies combined. I saw that mm. recently. Well, how can that be true? Yeah. You know. I think a certain amount of from financial value allows uh, intangible powers to, to start to, to influence. Um, but I personally think if taking that out of it and you just have the financial value of a person or a, a body... And you start sharing that around. The, the we start to measure wealth in well-being, and then everybody's well-being goes up. So the people who are on the poverty line, they go way above the poverty line. So yeah. maybe we should be looking at. Uh, this will sound utopian-esque. Mm. I think it should be a movement beyond money. Mm. You know, money is yeah. has been around since. You could say since the Roman times. As soon as you say valuing, it comes down to a financial thing. Always comes down to value. Value comes down, to, yeah. And I like the idea of. Um, I, I once say I ever heard a story about a specific building in the centre of Oxford, talking about the Radcliffe camera here. Mm. When that was originally built, it's all now properly closed in. It's a reading room for the yeah. for, for for Oxford students. Um, and I recommend if you ever, if you ever get to Oxford, that's one of the buildings you should definitely see. It's one of the most beautiful buildings in Oxford. And if you want to see somebody really fascinating, come and see me. <laughs> anyway, after that silliness, um, the um, but the bottom the bottom area when it was originally built was actually completely open. You could mm. walk in and walk in and out of there. And not, uh, what this person was saying, and I hope this is a real truth, but even if it isn't, if it's just a myth, it's a good myth. Uh, that, that, that scholars would go there with an idea or information and they'd mm. barter it with somebody else who's got information they don't have. Yeah. They, 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 it's almost like a bartering there system. There were little with portals them. at the bottom, wasn't there? Yeah, the yeah. I love that idea of bartering, bartering <coughs> information. Mm. You know, when you look back at human history, you know, often 
you know, think about, say, the, the space race, which was really just a, a disguised military endeavour. Uh, it was part of the Cold War, the actual race to space. It, yep. it, it led to a lot of the in, good discoveries for the for us, for example, and man, um, uh, inventions. Uh, but they were very much working against each other. As soon as they started working together, that's when we really began to share information with each other across the, across these divides, across these cultural cultural divisions and adversaries. You actually begin to really and tap into the, 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 the strength of human, human humanity. So mm. money money is often seen as the you know the, the, the yardstick of what, what makes somebody successful and also perceived wealth as well. So I think these people that are super rich, yeah. you know, you say that Jeff that he's a he's a he's a trillionaire. Jeff Bezos is a trillionaire. Yeah, but uh, that that I think I think that gets into the realms of I remember Eddie Izzard talking very much about um a great really interestingly talking about how uh, mass murderers are you know perceived yeah. you know if somebody kills somebody you can kind of understand you kind of get your head around it not understand it, but you can get your head around it somebody kills 10 people oh this will happen to them somebody kills 20 people they get locked away forever or they go to the electric chair you you kind of understand that but when you get to the point of somebody kills 100,000 people you're almost like you can't fathom it. You kind of almost go, as he said, oh, well done, well done. Mm. How, do you, how did you kill that many people? So if somebody is actually a trillionaire, you can't fathom it. You're almost like, does that, is that, so when he, when he puts his cash card into the, <laughs> into the ATM, into the cash machine, is that what put it appears on his balance? Mm. You know, that, it's that sort of thinking. I think, I think there's a lot of, super, you know, a lot of this money is perceived value, perceived. The, the only other thing I'd add is, this uh, limitarianism it's drawing lines in the sand of we shouldn't drop below this in poverty shouldn't go b above this in in assets and wealth maybe it's a, it's an invisible line maybe it's just a case of you use that concept to just do things fairer yeah because uh, in the when you put a line in the sand there are always people that straddle it and it, you start to make rules it's, it's like um I think this is the law. You're allowed to have less than 25 chickens um, and then you're considered, uh, you know, domestic just... Uh, and then you go above 25 chickens, you're con considered commercial. It's a very stark line. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, 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 and the picture is wider. I mean, what... You know, somebody could be have less than 25 chickens and really be making some good money out of it. Um, it's just yeah. that these lines, arbitrary lines, are just a bit of a distraction somewhat. I think limitarianism starts the conversation about just fairer, fairness. Yeah, and it kind of, i just thinking about the whole idea of, the whole idea of money at the moment anyway is a very, is a very, um, uh, it's almost like a concept. A concept. It's like you know. the, the Bitcoin revolution. Yeah, well, even even just exist. money general in general. How often how often do you actually pick up a yeah. a piece of cash? Yeah, I was mm. given I was given uh, some actual cash recently, and I mm. held on to it for a few days. Like mm. this is real money, you know. Mm. Uh, when was the last time I actually handled real money? Mm. You know, it's a matter of having um, more numbers in your bank mm. account than that person has there. You know that you can move those numbers to that person's account mm. and. How much do we actually know what actual real money is, and where you know if somebody's a trillionaire, where the, where's that money? What is that? Where it, it's got to be somewhere, hasn't it? Mm. William's wondering when he last handled money, and I'm going to say to you, when was the last time you handled a good podcast? Because this is it. Well, you know this. 
this is us exploring our own truths, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. As um, Rory, I, I was actually looking forward to this question because of um, mm. you just you just nailed it, Rory. Mm. Thank you. I can't really. I mean, right from the start, I said I couldn't really add much to it. I mean, sorry, that's my truth. I mean, <laughs> ask me that question in six months, I might have more to say. But I, I you, you nail it, Rory. But also, I, I yeah, I, I think Williams had more to say on this one than me. And that happens sometimes, you yeah. know. Um, we, we often find that we one of us will have a. Uh, a bee in our bonnet, I think, is probably the best way of expressing yeah. it. Anyway, our next question is coming from Dave from Cheshire, and that will be released on the 11th of January. Dave's quite greedy nowadays because he had one on the 2nd of January. Two in a year. Two in a year, yeah. Yeah, I know the year's only less than two weeks old, but yeah. that's, that's pushing well. it a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so join us next time for Dave from Cheshire. Cheshire is a county in northwest England. Um, and uh, I've been Stuart the Wild Man Mabbit he's been William Manclo thanks very much for being with us and this has been the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast we don't just talk about the environment we talk about all sorts of things like social justice nature philosophy you know it doesn't the People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast doesn't necessarily say exactly what it does on the tin but I think you've got the vibe of it now we'll be here again next time Thanks very much.